And welcome back to JK Moto Podcast, presented by Working Class Customs, your custom fabrication shop out of northern Utah. You can ask Cole for any more details there. I don't have anything else. <laughs> nice. Nice. How you doing, we man? are we are on the Working Class Customs YouTube channel as presented. And I would list off all the platforms that we're on, but you guys already know because that's what you're listening on. So give us a shout out. Throw a comment, throw a like, subscribe, hit that download button, whatever it might be. This is your source for number one moto content in America and around the world, because I know we have some around the world listeners, and we'd love you guys. Should we get started? Not yet. I asked you a question. Oh, How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I always have to check in, you know, this era of depression in your generation. Whoa, 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 whoa. Over here, I don't believe in mental diseases. All right. I own motorcycles. We don't have room for depression or anxiety or any of that. We just got to go. You get on, you go, you go fast. Pull the throttle and go. Don't think about anything else. That's fair. Let's roll the intro. All right, an intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. We're back and we're live and we're live alive and we're doing a little googling over there to see how long that straight is coming up this weekend we are googling the 14 turn 2.27 mile circuit was designed in 1998 by famed track designer alan wilson i know that guy i've heard of him so many times with all the racetracks that he's i have to find some books on like racetrack designers because that's interesting to me like have you seen that video of the uh, how to design an F1 track and they just get one of those big rubber bands and they just throw it on the ground <laughs> and then it just yeah. like goes into a loopy? Yeah, I imagine right. that's what these guys do, but there's no way it's that simple. Uh, 36 foot wide, repaved in July of 2020. Mm -hmm. They had a whole lot of trucks out there. They have a whole lot of... There's a good YouTube video, actually. Fort We're not going to link to because I don't remember what it was, but I watched a video on the whole repaving of that place. It was quite interesting. That's pretty cool. All right, so there's not... The only real straight is between turns 1 and, and 14. So turn 1, turn 14 to turn 1 is 1,652 feet, which... Are you doing a drum roll? I was pretending I could type on a keyboard. Okay. Well, he, your mic made that sound real low, like bubbly. Hang on. 1,652... Divided by 5,280, because this is American, we got miles, so it's 0.31287878787878787878788 Calm miles. down. <laughs> it just keeps going forever. It's like it's taking over my screen. What did I say, 0.3? So a third of a mile, not even a, not even a half mile, but over a quarter mile. That's not too bad, but on the on the back here, let me, here, I'll, sh I'll show you guys what we're, uh, what we're dealing with. Let's yeah, see. take a look. Screen. We're excited. CMP track map. Oh, eight. Boom. There it is. All right. So that was from here to here. 14 to turn one. As you can see down here, maybe it might be a little small. Let me, uh, doop, doop, doop. Boop. Right there. 1652 from turn 14 to turn one. So we'll go back out here. There we go. That's turn 14. That's turn one. So you come down. That would be that front straight. But this... 
is definitely longer than that. Turn seven to turn eight. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight. They don't have a... What? Why don't they have that distance? <sighs> that looks longer, but it's got a slight bow in it. There is a slight bow, but I imagine you come out, you hit the outside, and then you just aim straight. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be kind of interesting. Anyway, back to back to the standard... Uh, yep, there we go. Yeah, that's where we're headed at the end of this week. So you guys will be watching this Wednesday, and we'll be there Saturday, Sunday. And hope, hope that we don't have to put rain tires on, because, well, we don't really have any. Yeah, well, my better half's going to... She's got all the Dunlop connections, so we might have to try a rain tire out, worst case scenario. <laughs> okay. I'm not against that. Like I said, we'll have the old uh, the Rabaconda. I'm sure if you guys have, have been on the channel, you've seen the Rabaconda. I've reused that to put your tires on your Jixer. The second time around, I didn't even pull out the instructions at all, to be honest. No, I did I did for like half a second just to make sure I had the tire on the right side of the duck head. Breaking, breaking. Huh. My understanding was real men don't pull the instructions out the first time. Well, I had to. So I was filming a video. Oh. Fair enough. And I was like, the instructions say to do this, so we're going to do this. And then I still get tips from everyone. I was like, well, I, under- I understand. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I take don't all- need instructions, but they do give tips. They do. And a lot of tips. You know, you ever, you ever go ask your neighbor for a torque wrench, even though you have five, just because you know that he doesn't have one and he's hanging out with the other neighbors and it'll embarrass him. You're trying to be the neighborhood alpha? Yeah. Hey, man, you got a torque wrench? Uh, no. Oh, that's all right. I'll just use one of the five that I got. I just figured maybe I could borrow <laughs> yours, but I guess you're not a man. Uh, the neighborhood alpha. I, that's a question for our non-American listeners. You guys, foot pounds or Newton meters? Oh, come on. My torque wrench does both. Well, I know your torque wrench does both. So does mine. And I know that Newton meters is like the standard outside the U.S., but I'm so used to foot pounds. Have you guys used foot pounds at all? any time you like open up your manual and it says foot pounds you're like oh i'll just use foot pounds today or you're just like no that's not cool they see foot pounds and then they're like what is wrong with these cavemen well the newton meters i'll say when they say newton meters for like a car like it makes this many newton meters you get like really impressed because you're like man that's a big number and you convert it back into foot pounds you're like wow but i will say most of the world i think and and maybe that's just because we're the Americans watch the most TV or something like that. But like back in the day watching Top Gear, it was always miles per hour. Like when you're setting a land speed record or top speed or you're impressed, it's a zero to 60. It's a miles per hour. That one sticks. And I know there's places in the world where like kilometers per hour is what is what the speed limit is. But if you're talking about speed, you're talking about fast, at least from my experience, even on TV shows from other countries, it's still miles per hour. And like I said, that might just be because we're such a big audience. Or because I think it's more just kind of a history thing. I don't know. That's it, a question for you, you know, being the, the expert on history here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you think just started in America, maybe kind of started racing, maybe? Or we care more about speed? Well, so that we don't piss off those few international listeners that we do have. America didn't necessarily start racing. We just finished it. Oh, <laughs> you said you didn't want to piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> and then now they're finishing it. So, yeah. but at least in the sport we're here to talk about. Uh, hang on. There was a Camaro in the, uh, yeah. <laughs> we put a NASCAR over it. In the Lamaze class. Yeah. It was, 
<laughs> here's all the other cars. Here's the Camaro. <laughs> Sweet. If you I haven't don't... seen that picture, go look it up. It's 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 pretty funny. Uh, Camaro at Le Mans. You'll see this like group of cars, and then there's just this Camaro in the background towering over all of them. So yeah, that was that was a hell of an aerodynamic brick. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know the answer to your question though. That's kind of interesting because, I mean, I feel like when you're watching MotoGP, for example, mm-hmm. they predominantly talk about kilometers. Yeah, when I mean, whenever they pull up like the braking stats or the top speed, they'll have kilometers at the top and the miles per hour under it. Because I always like read the kilometers. I'm like, whoa, 362 down to 70. That's insane. Then I'm like, oh, okay, not not as crazy as that, but still pretty crazy. It is like at Coda on that back straight. Holy cow. There is some braking that happens there. Your your algorithms and such are going to pull up, you know, American if you're on YouTube or whatever, it's going to pull up American sites predominantly for us. Yeah. For us. So most of the videos you see are always dealing with miles per hour. Everyone, every once in a while, you're, you're watching some video of an S 1000 down the freeway and it's going 190 miles an hour. And you're thinking, Holy cow. And then you figure out, Oh, whoops, that's kilometers. That's not that fast. Yeah. And then you see a Ducati go up to 360 and you're like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know because I agree with what you're saying about Top Gear. Mm-hmm. Top Gear, definitely back in the day, British show. Yep. Always referenced miles first, miles per hour. Yeah, and it, it was zero to 60 times in miles per hour. And I don't know, like I said, I, I feel like that's just because Americans kind of attached to that. And so the whole world was like, okay, well, we'll just, we can still build better cars or we can, we can whatever, but we know that this is, and it could have, it could even be, just because the manufacturers were like, well, our zero to 60 time is this, just to sell more cars here. I don't know, but. Uh, well, if anybody out there knows, let us know. Cause yeah, drop I'd a like comment. To Send us I'd a. I'd like to know if there's a reason for that. I mean, there's only like a handful of countries or less that drive on the wrong side of the road. It's true. And you would think, you would think that I'm just trying to make the connection here. America using the standard system. You'd think they'd be different than everybody else for other things like that. But everybody drives on the side of the road that we drive on, predominantly in the world. Mm-hmm. What do you mean predominantly? More people, the... drive, more people drive on the left-hand side of the road. Yeah, we're right on the right. Okay. More people <laughs> drive on the right-hand side of the road. I drive wherever. <laughs> wherever there's country. room, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I live in the country, so when I'm driving a car, I usually put the, you know, whatever hood ornament I got on there, you know, right, right on the dotted line. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, otherwise you fall off the edge, or you get yeah. run over by the tractor. Yeah. yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah, or you're driving to school, and there's a school bus coming the other way, and you have to get off the road just to keep the school bus on the road because the road's not wide enough, and it, it goes like this. It's a 30-degree <laughs> angle on either side, and you're like, eh, all right, I'll just pull off. It'll be fine. That's why motorcycles are nice, for the goat trails. It's true, it's true. You know, I don't know. I mean, so, you know, our, our brother in... Down under, if you will, down in the uh, the Australian country, that just makes sense, right? Because they're mirrored, so it makes sense that they're on the opposite side of the road. It's the same side, but it's upside down. But I, how do they keep their cars on the road? Do you know why we drive on the side that we drive on? No, honestly, no. They say it's because NASCAR. Because... <laughs> I don't know. I just said NASCAR. Oh no, 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 no. Somehow no. we're going to relate this back to racing. No. So my understanding is. 
if you were driving a horse and buggy, mm-hmm. you when you pass each other, you can see the other horse and buggy because you're close to them. You're if more worried you about sit on the left side, but if you sit on the right, then you can see them going the other way. Huh? No. Yeah. No, you sit on the left side of the vehicle. Yeah. And travel on the right side of the road. Right. And so if you are always sit... closest to the oncoming traffic, regardless of right. the direction you're going. Right. So if you sit on the right side of the vehicle and travel on the left side of the road, it's the same thing. So why I'm saying your horse and buggy thing doesn't make much sense because they could just scoot to the other side of the bench. Well, then I have to go with you don't want to have to shift with your left hand all the time. Uh, that, that could be it. That could be it. Americans are more predominantly right handed than the rest of the world. But, (laughs) you know, that's interesting, though, because the clutch foot and gas foot and the shift pattern doesn't change. True. You're you're still left foot clutch. Correct me if I'm wrong. Other, I haven't been to another country driven a right hand drive car. But as far as I've understood, it's pretty easy to transfer over because your feet are still doing the same things. And the shift pattern is still the same. First is still all the way to the left and up. Right. So it becomes a problem when you bring one of them skylines over from Japan. Why? Because then you're left then you're a left hand left hand drive, but you still have to drive on the right side of the road. Yeah. Then you think you're a damn mailman. Yeah, they think they're cool. Yeah. Because you pick up mailman. You pull up on the side of the road to all the ladies and you're like, Hey, what up? And you're like right there. And then they're like, How do I get in the car? Crap, man. I didn't think about that. You have to get out in the road where it's unsafe. And then you just flip a, a Bernie. Well, maybe that's the other reason, too. That's why but you just now. ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Right? Sure that's so. a, bring it all back. Right? Motorcycles, there's no such thing as left hand or right hand drive. Although, but there might be thumb brakes and whatever else. But who got in trouble in the last MotoGP race? I know you don't know this, but maybe I heard. Did you know it's illegal to take your hands off the handlebars in a MotoGP race? What? I mean, obviously, you take it off and you flip people off and you do whatever, right? Yeah. But going down the straight, it is illegal to, like, put your hand on the... take your Remove your hand and put it somewhere else to make yourself more aerodynamic. Whoa. Okay. This was Not news where I thought me. that was going. But, yeah, okay. Interesting. This was news to me, but apparently back in the day, there was people putting additional handlebars on so that they could... When they went down so they the straight, like they could tuck move in. to the inside and tuck. Like the freaking freaking road cyclists that have the extra yeah. that can get real real stretched out. They got the big like horn things. The... Well they got those, but then they'll have like way out way out there. They'll have two just going straight out. <laughs> well, <laughs> straight out in front sick. of them. Huh? What? You're making me car sick. How? That doesn't make any sense. Well, people at home can't see, but you're doing this to me. Yeah. You know, people, that doesn't make any sense. You are confusing because you always say people at home, but the people at home would be watching. The people on the road would be listening. That's fair. So you're backwards. You are in Australia. No, I'm in Utah for two more days. All right. What are we actually supposed to be talking about this week? We had a whole topic planned out. Yeah, we have a topic planned out, but let me start it here. Let's start with tires. Oh, boy. I want to talk to you about tires. Uh, that's not, that's a dangerous, okay, go ahead. I had kind of an interesting experience, and uh, for the longtime listeners, this 
maybe interesting, but we had Anthony on here, you know, however many weeks ago. Uh, AKA Lugnut. AKA Lugnut. And one of the questions we asked him, not to bring him up again, but one of the questions we asked him that day was, I think you said, if I low, if I take two pounds of pressure out of your tire, mm-hmm. are you going to notice? If I sneak over there and I do it without you knowing, right mm-hmm. as you go on the track, are you going to notice? And I've been explaining to you all year the dramatic increases in the feeling that I've gained on the bike on the track. Right. As you've started. Yes. As the time, and, yeah. Yes. As the times drop, the sensitivity of some of those things, it, it just, your suspension setup, the condition of your tires, all those things become more and more and more important. And you just start feeling them and crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started the year. This was just really interesting to me personally. Maybe somebody at home has found this same thing out. They can comment about this. But I race on Dunlops. I do my track days on Dunlops. I honestly, I don't have anything against any of the other tires. It's just Dunlops, what Americans use, American company. And so I started with it. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There you That's go. Not- I'll be honest, that's not to say maybe I throw a Pirelli on and I'm like, why have I been, I've been wasting my time with those things, right? I don't yeah, know. Although I will I will say, am I allowed to say it? Certain someone may have not just posted an all-time lap record kind of, of sorts on a Dunlop. They used to ride on Pirelli. That's true. Maybe it means something. I don't know. He was talking crap at the beginning. I don't know. Just I saying. don't know. Not I that I hate Pirelli. I, I, literally, I, I literally have a Pirelli lanyard on my keys. I just can't so afford I. it. Like that's my, yeah, that's the issue is I just can't afford it. I'm like, yeah, Pirelli, yeah, they're the best. I'm going so, to Dunlop. So I started the year. Okay, to reiterate one more time for listeners, I am not trying to start a tire war because I am openly admitting that I have only run Dunlops on the track. Tire war. You don't want to vote in the comments. How about that? Vote in the comments. Yeah. Just just brand a tire. I'll add them all up. We'll get a tally for you next week. Whatever wins. So, we're, we're probably going to get like one comment, and it's probably going to be Pirelli. And that's fine. But vote but, in the comments, please. Please, please, please. Or DM us on Instagram, at Podcast. Send us a DM. Click the follow button. You don't have to. I don't care. I'll accept the DM. If, you, if it's not you asking me if you'll let me draw my let you draw my bike or however they ask that i don't know oh yeah yeah i you mean those aren't personal you, everybody gets those uh jk moto podcast does oh man i personally haven't ever gotten them but oh really i've got like five different ones i thought i was uh, special yeah yeah you're special yeah perfect tires okay tires back okay so i started the season on last year's profile Correct, a 260 and a 12070. Yes. But mm. for, or 200 or a 190? I know you were running a 190. I was on 190s, but I've been on 200s for slicks the whole time. Okay. All right. And 190s is, on the Q4s? Yep. Okay. And fives. But, well, actually, 200s on the fives. Doesn't matter. This is a slick related. All right. Slicks only. All right. All right. All right. Slicks only. So dialed I, in. I started the season on the old profile. Mm-hmm. Worked for me. Love it. Yep. Great. Yeah. I actually or 
I I just didn't know they had changed. So I was still ordering them online. I still right. had slick, slicks coming in, and then they ran out of inventory on the one I wanted to run. And I said, how can they run out of inventory? And that's when I found out that the profile had changed. They were just using up their old inventory on me. Yeah. Everybody said, you're going to love the new profile. You're going to love it. I put it on and to be honest, did not feel a difference. So I'm going back to that, how much you feel or don't feel, right? Right. I switched to the new profile. No big deal. It's fine. And then I continued with the year, dropping times, running on that new profile. Mm-hmm. starting to really feel if I got 10 laps, 20 laps, 30 laps on the slick, I am feeling the difference between all of those. Right. Uh, something Josh said, shout out to Josh and his, uh, when we were talking to him, he said, maybe it was in that tech video. It was. Yeah. The race tech video. Yep. Yeah. He said, no reason to take the sticker off. Your slick is the best it'll ever be when you pull out of the pit for the first time. With the sticker still on it. Yeah. In fact, that. Yeah. yeah. With the sticker on it, it'll be better than it'll ever be again. And I feel that so much now. Which is interesting because I think I remember you saying that you tried that and you didn't feel so good at first. Well, I could be wrong, but I thought there was a point. No, you're right. There was a situation where I went out on track in the first two laps, pushing. Mm -hmm. And it was moving around quite a bit on me. And I didn't know whether I could attribute that to the sticker. That was in the back of my mind, though, because there was just a couple of places where I, it slipped out. Uh-huh. But ever since then, I've, I've never taken them off and I've never had that issue. So as I've become more and more comfortable with the bike, more and more being able to feel what it's doing, uh, what, you know, I play with, I play with air pressures quite a bit now. We were just at the track last weekend and... I was all over the place. I'll tell you why, but that's not the point of my story. So the point of my story is I went to the track and every once in a while, maybe you get a bad tire. One that doesn't work as good as the other ones. Sure. Maybe the the conditions. I mean, you hear about Peko blamed his crash on a bad tire, bad Michelin. Yeah. So it's easy. Yeah. And I'm obviously not at that level, but what? I mean, I'm close. If I lost a hundred pounds, I'd have them all, but <laughs> they, uh, so I went out, I showed up to the track, brand new, fresh slick, mm-hmm. still running the same front. I asked the Dunlop guy, I'm like, this thing doesn't even look wore out. Is this suspension set up? I mean, this tire is wearing perfect in the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. I've been, I mean, it, don't tell anybody, but it, it's probably got after this, weekend it's probably got 60 laps on the damn thing jesus and it looks great and i i talked to the dumb oh, guy the joys of riding a leader bike my friends <laughs> <laughs> well i i said my hell this tire is gonna last forever and the dunlop guy there at the track he tells me well honestly the fronts he says he has a lot of people with the fronts where they just kind of time out too many heat cycles that the tire's not war just too many heat cycles Okay. So, okay, fine. How do we get the back to last longer then, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been playing with some things, playing with pressures for multiple track days at this point. You know, you're always playing with those things, but I've been focused the last right. two, right. trying to get this figured out. So brand new slick, show up to the track on the rear. First session, uh, we had 30-minute sessions this week, which Ooh, was right. 
So nice. So nice. Gives gives you some time to actually. I was doing 14 laps. You know, I normally yeah. get like eight, maybe. Right. I was going out when I felt like it and coming in when I felt like it and doing like 14 laps. That's not bad. But it gives you such an opportunity when you're trying to maybe chase a time. Right. It, it was such an opportunity to say, you know, not feeling it. And so, you know, the last corner, mm-hmm. uh, this is, this is at UMC West, right? West. Yep. That, that last corner, I would purposely, I knew I had killed like a lap was no good. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a PR wasn't anywhere near. So I'd come around and I'd take that last corner really wide intentionally. I take it really wide to make the straight longer because right. I, I know this lap's dead, but I want to get the next one. So right. I wind it up. Anyway, I come back in after the first session. It was like 10 laps, maybe 11 laps on the first one. And it was pretty cold. That tire was garbage. Jeez. That's not I mean, what you want to see. Not a brand new one. No, it was shelving. It was tearing. It was, I mean, I haven't had the Dunlop guys looking at it and they're kind of like, I don't know. Uh, you know, what's your pressure? That's good. No tire should be doing that. Right. Uh, for those listening, I'm running an R7, so it's a medium. So it's, it's not like I'm out there on a super soft or anything. It was Dunlop R7, not a not a Yamaha R7, just in case anyone was confused there. <laughs> I rolled one of them up and rolled on it. So I took it out again for the second session. Now the other, when I first, that track is heavy left turns. Mm-hmm. So the left side was already destroyed, but after coming back after the second session, which was another 11, 12 laps, the right is there's no wear dots. They're gone. Jeez. Okay. Like they're completely gone and they're almost gone on the, they're almost gone on the right side of the tire and it's, it's shelving and it's garbage and it's whatever. And I was Mm -hmm. hoping to do the day on it. So I walked over to my happy neighborhood Dunlop guy and since this is for those listening around the world, which is going to be a topic here later, mm-hmm. we're coming into winter here. Mm-hmm. Tracks are shutting down. You can't keep slicks over the winter out in the, you know, negative 20 degrees and all no. those. It's not good <laughs> on those. Yeah, they, uh, they they crack. They, they literally, if you haven't, I'm sure many of our listeners here have slick experience, but I don't know if you have cold slick experience. You get anywhere near 40 degrees or lower, they literally turn into icicles. Mm-hmm. And they feel like icicles, like you drop them just barely and they're going to freaking crack apart. And they will, too. That's what's kind of crazy about it. But, yeah, I remember that trip a couple of years ago that we made down to California. I brought slicks in a trailer. They weren't on the bike or anything or even on the bike. Pulled them out of the trailer and they're they're rock hard. Oh, like yeah. you don't need pressure in them anymore. They're just <laughs> stiff. Like it was, it was kind of scary. The compounds have changed inside the tire mm-hmm. molecules. Yeah. So I go over and talk to the handy dandy Dunlop guy and the, they don't have any tires. Uh, they've moved all their inventory to California at this point. Okay. So he had, he had gathered up some Q5s front and rears to get through the day. So a lot of people were just running Q5s. That's not what I wanted. Right. So I was like, well, I was debating on getting the other bike out. Didn't know what I was going to do. And he goes, I have some used ones. And I said, you got used ones in there? And he said, I just threw them in just in case. And I said, well, what are they? He says, I got softs. I got mediums. I don't have any hards. And 
I said, well, what do you want? He says, 40 bucks. He says, I'll say one of them for 40 bucks. I'm like, all right. So I go through his pile and mm -hmm. a bunch of them look really good. Uh, and they look like a slick is supposed to wear like a Sandy beach. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I picked me one out and I glanced at it. It looked funny. So I glanced at it and it was the old profile. Okay. And I said, well, how old is this thing? And he says, they're last year's tires. And I said, like last year. And he goes, no, this just this past season, but they're, you know, maybe from the beginning of the year or whatever, as people were switching out for right. the new profile. And I said, well, what choice do I have? Let's see what one of those do. No suspension change on the bike. No, okay. nothing. I didn't change anything except that rear tire. Mm -hmm. I ran, let's say I averaged 10 laps a session. It was more than that, but I mm -hmm. ran four more sessions on that tire like a sandy beach it looks hmm. uh you'll see it this week or not I, yeah in arizona one, yeah that's one i'll be starting in arizona off. yeah but so on one side of the coin also not the point of the story but interesting i think but on one side of the coin the tire was wearing great it was perfect right i now set my personal all-time record on that old profile so one might say even the dunlop guy was telling me he's like you can still get this one and this one. They're still selling them. He goes, they haven't ran out yet. He goes, actually, some of them will come back in stock. So you can still get the old profile if you're liking that. And, you know, I told him it's not worth it. I need to be able to do what I want to do on the new one. Because right. going forward, if I'm going to stay Dunlop, then that's what I need to do. So right? Old profile on, on the rear only, right? Yep. So I was still running the... A 12075 up front. Yep. And a 260 in the rear. Mm-hmm interesting okay because there is there is something to be said too for your your profiles between the two tires because if you think about it, if a you know a bike leaned over if you change the the profile of the front it's going to change where it sits on the rear right so so the food for thought there you know which i have a couple r8s i'm bringing to arizona also what are those? Hard. Hard, hard? Mm-hmm. Is there R7 the medium? Yep. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So I'm going to try. I'm going to see what that's all about because I got to do something to save some money, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to set times, but it makes no sense for a guy like me to be running a tire per session. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. That's so anyway, the real point of this whole story was that's that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is I mentioned at the beginning of the year, didn't even notice the profile difference. Right. I go out on that tire and about put it in the damn weeds like for three laps straight because it is not the same <laughs> to go to go back. My sensitivity or whatever mm -hmm. has come up, I guess, to where, okay. oh, yeah, I know. We've made a change. It's not the same. And wow, it took me, it scared me multiple occasions and then got used to it. And like I said, I actually set my PR on that tire. Now, do you think that's because of the profile or just because? No, but I hope not. Because <laughs> if that's the case, I might be looking to switch. Yeah. Because I believe that, 
again in the comments anybody want to blow me up on any of these that's fine because i'm not saying this is gospel but i think the well i know so we released a, a shootout on tire warmers yep came out monday uh when i was doing that i had one of them construction i bought it off of instagram it's one of them things that catch your eye and you're like oh man i gotta have one of those right but it's it's like little plastic pieces that you can put on like the corner of the house to measure okay yeah does it make sense it like pushes the different little yep. stick in or whatever yep so you get yep. the the shape yeah so i bought one of those and it's laying around i've never used it like most things i buy from instagram mm-hmm. and i was looking at the tire and i was like that would measure the profile great right but I have a Pirelli Diablo slick. What is it? Slick? Huh? Yes. Well, usually I just call them the SC1, 2, or okay. 3. But yeah, it's Diablo, yeah. Yeah, I have one of those. A slick. Yeah, it, it's it's a takeoff that I picked up. Okay, gotcha. So, but I had the old style Dunlop sitting there because I have these, the R8s that I have or the old profile. Okay. Also takeoffs, right? So... Mm-hmm. I took that thing and I checked them and I was going to actually put it in that video just for fun. And I was like, I'm going to show the massive difference between this and a Dunlop. Right. So I put that thing on there and I set it all up and then I put it on the Dunlop expecting all this big difference. And it was the same. It was like almost identical. <laughs> like I couldn't tell a difference actually. So interesting. Cause I've always been told and shown in videos that the Dunlops are, you know, steeper, they're taller. Well, in the, the new one's definitely, this was tall. the old, this yeah. the old one. The new ones are definitely tall. Cause you'll notice when you switch them on your bike, there's no mm-hmm. more fender clearance. I don't have rear fenders anyway, but I guess on the front. Yeah. Interesting. You should put a rear fender back on your bike. You know, I tried that. I ordered one and then it didn't fit. Yeah. You should put that on there. Cause well, I don't have to worry about that with you, but sometimes when you're following people, you get in the face with rocks and stuff. So rubber in the face, yeah. That slick. That what do slick? you mean you don't have to worry about that with me? You heard me. Oh, interesting. All right, you think you're just not going to be behind me ever, huh? Well, this you. you no, know, I know it's. I know it's been a minute, but like I can still you know ride. The rule. Well, you started this. Yeah, I'm not gonna just let you. We're putting we're putting the times for the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We are. We're gonna put the times at the bottom of the pictures, and we're we're swapping bikes too. Okay. And I'm driving the Aprilia (laughs) in Arizona. Maybe we're not taking that to Carolina. Uh, You can. I've offered that to you so many times. I know you have many times. Whenever you want. I'm ready now. Now that you've crashed it. Oh, I just had to put the first scratches on it, huh? Yeah, now there's some scratches on it. We're good. I'll take her first spin. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my tire experience from the race weekend, but it was interesting. Um, So the race weekend, and we got to roll into our actual topic here. Hold on, hold on. on. Oh, man. Okay. Hold on, hold on. It was kind of a surprise for me to be at the track. Yeah. So... Just to just to touch on that, we've talked a couple times, a couple different times about it or whatever. But the UMC, the mm-hmm. Utah Superbike Association, we've only been able to race on the West track this year. Uh, the track is capable of four different configurations, yada yada. We've already talked about this, but uh, typically in a race season, they'll alternate from the east to the west 
maybe throw a perimeter round in the middle somewhere. But right. the season is generally six races. This year it was cut to four, and all four were on the west because insurance, whoever, won't let us race on the east. Motorcycles, cars are still welcome there, but motorcycles are not allowed because they don't have enough good air fence. Air so, fence. Yep. So we've talked about it a couple times, but the Utah Superbike Association, Apex Track Days has been helping them out quite a bit, donating a lot of time and money to them. Mm -hmm. And UMC itself has voiced their commitment for motorcycles. Okay. They want to be a good partner. They want to help out. And it looks like if it goes the way we think it's going to go, next year we'll be back to six races and it'll be two day events. All right. So, so 12, 12, 12, 12 days races. Okay. So I talked to Josh a little bit about that, about how they'll break it down and they'll probably add some endurance races. Okay. And, and they'll try to set it up. So not your, uh, not your wheelhouse then. Hey, come on. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, old people don't usually last as long. So hearsay. So you can't make fun of me because Josh was making fun of me. <laughs> Not to keep bringing him up, but I tried using the old excuse on him. He popped off about some 70-year-old guy that's out there. And I said, yeah, but is he fast? And he, he just looked at me, just serious as could be. And he says, faster than you. Oof. That's Oof. what he did. That's hard yeah. from Josh, too, because Josh is such a nice guy. I know. I, I oftentimes tell him he's the nicest guy I know. Mm-hmm. And then this happens. Yeah. Well, I didn't ever yeah. know what to say back. That's not rude. He's just... He can't deny it, you know. <laughs> I mean, part of it'll be interesting to see how that is because part of my he said they'll split the races up, so it's not going to be like the same race two days in a row. Mm-hmm. So let's say stock one thousand race. That's either going to be on Saturday or Sunday. Okay, they're... they'll build a they'll build a schedule, of course. Right, but so, now man. that opens it up so they can have more events, more classes. Right, which. That's good. I think that's good. It should be good because then you're not, I mean, you could potentially, you could run every class you want and not just be all on top of each other trying to rush out from the pits back. Like, I mean, there there were a couple of times people are literally just turning around right back into the hot pits. So, yeah. And not my concern. I voice my concerns. My concerns are financially. Mm-hmm. They're going to charge Saturday and Sunday is going to be two different prices or you'll have to pay for a Saturday and then pay for a Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And maybe there'll be a price break if you buy both, but there's no way it doesn't cost more. Right. So we're back up to six. It's more money for each one of those six rounds. I don't know. It'll be interesting. They used to do two day race days, but that was before my time. And most people seem quite excited about it. So we'll give it a chance. We'll be give fun. A before I... I mean, if nothing else, it'll be good to be back on East and West. See if, yeah. uh, I think what I'm, what I'm excited for you, and I think you might be excited for also is, you know, you're about to come out to Carolina Motorsports Park on a different bike. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go to Podium Club on your bike. And then next year you'll be running East, West, possibly Perimeter how much of what you've learned and how much like accomplishment you've made has been overall and how much has been, I've run West so many times, right? And it's not a diss on you, but just 
purely if I run the same track over and over and over again, I'm going to be amazing on that track. Right. How does that carry out to other places, to other bikes, to other tracks, to, you know, where can you relate a turn at Utah to a turn over here, whatever it might be. So I'm kind of excited to see that. I think, I don't know. I mean, we re-geared the Jigsaw, so who knows? I still own the rocket ship, but, you know, who knows? We'll see how that goes. I got some gears and some slicks now. And slicks, yeah. And you're on the new ones. I am not for for Carolina. So that'll be kind of interesting. They're never as good as they are coming out of the box. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see about that in the rain. Yeah. So I, so I'm I'm quite excited for those same reasons. I'm really interested to see how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, from a racer standpoint, though, I want to point out that running the West Track over and over again. There's been a few times where I'm like, man, I've done so many laps. I mean, that's another 65, 70 laps. Yeah. Sunday, right? Right. I've done so many laps over there, but so is everybody else. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that true. the paddock in general has become West Track experts. Yeah. Right? UMC, right? Everybody's everybody's had to have stepped up their game because they're not ever erasing the memory and going back to the other one and then coming back again. So it's going to be interesting because not only am I worried or I'm interested to see what it does at Carolina at podium club. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm also curious, like next season when it kicks up, it needs to carry you over to the East. I don't want to start over again. Right. Yeah. Well, and that'll be the question. Do they start with the West? To give her everyone a, a good, you know, warm up round. Like, all right, we're we're back, we're racing again, again to bring us back into our actual topic that we're supposed to be covering. <laughs> uh, after the winter, you know, or is it just, nah? Here's the East. Good luck. Let's see who actually remembers it. Because I don't know. I would venture to say, with how many track days and races you've done this year, you might have double the amount of West experience as you do East. Yeah, I probably. Which is kind of insane because you were running east for what at least two years, if not three, east and west, right, alternating, but just doing track days. And this year you started racing, but you're pretty much just the west. Yeah, and I used to look forward to the east days. The west mm-hmm. would bum me out. Yep. So maybe that'll be a good thing. Who knows? Maybe now you go to the east and you hate it, or maybe you're like, man, this is even better than it was before because you found speed that you didn't know you had before who knows i can say that i think we've mentioned this before but going to different racetracks will definitely help you out Um, yeah you'll take turns at different racetracks that you've never seen before a different way and you come back to your home track and you're like hang on a second i can carry more speed through here i can just i for me anyway being a little bit slower not racing whatever it was just like going to some faster tracks showed me that I didn't need to slow down so much for corners. It also applies to racing lines and just kind of all around the place, going all going around, checking out different racetracks, seeing different lines, different speeds, different breaking points, different whatever is going to translate to better on your home track, 100%. Absolutely. We got to get you on the racetrack. Racing, yeah. We got to get you racing because conversation i was also having at the track was just you know what's changed and you know one of the things i used to struggle with is i'm a courteous kind person Mm -hmm. long pause so sometimes you know on a track day or whatever you don't want to 
I was I was laughing about this the other day because on on a track day, mm-hmm. I would always I don't want to ruin this guy's day. Like everybody's here for fun. I can pass this guy, but let's not do it aggressive. And I'm not recommending that you pass people aggressive on a track day. Don't get me wrong. One of the what do you call it? One of the coaches. No, Marshals. One of the things I had that hindered my progress. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that hindered my early progress was I'd get behind a rider that I was obviously faster than I caught up to him, Mm -hmm. but then you just get stuck behind them. Yeah. Looking for a clean pass, looking for a clean pass. And you'd pretty soon you'd have a bike fly by you, that guy and whoever was in front of them. Mm -hmm. Just smooth as hell. And you're like, man, how do you do that? So you got to teach yourself not to, you know, focus on the bike ahead of you. You need to keep them in your peripherals. You need to pass them, you know, almost like they're not there. You don't want them to take momentum away from you as you're going through this or that. Or There's all these things. And I worked on all those things and I got better at it. And then you go racing. Yeah, You go racing and nobody gives a shit. You know, it's just every man for himself out there. But yeah. After, you, after the bike, you do that for a while. Put the bike wherever you can to win, right? Right. But after you do that for a minute, the progression just went burp, 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 burp. And right. you go you go back to a track day, and now you're that guy just blowing by bikes like, you know. It's just kind of interesting. So we got to get you on the track. It's a different on a race day. On, a, on, on the grid. Yeah. On the grid. Yeah. And we'll see. Somebody I mean, I asked me Somebody asked me when we were going to get you on there. So I'm just trying to do my due diligence. I told them we're still pushing. It's going to happen just for some other reasons. It will happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't tell you when. Uh, at some point. Yeah. 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 It's going to happen. We'll get there. So I think... Uh, can I take a hit at BMW before we go? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, you know you who you're talking to. to. Yeah. Absolutely. So let me do this. I had a, <laughs> I, I think I might've told you, but so I've done two track days, two weekends in a row, right? Mm-hmm. The first one, I went out after the second session and my shifter may or may not have fell off. And yep. this, this is not that. BMW's fault, right? This ain't, this part isn't BMW's fault, but shifter fell off and there's a spacer between the shifter and the engine case that spacer was gone and i knew it was gone so i went back to the old toolbox and i did some you know some redneck ingenuity i put something together that got me through the day yeah redneck yeah yeah but halfway through the day i thought i heard something moving around and so I popped off the belly pan, and would you believe my part was in the belly pan? Those things really work. Belly pans do work. I can tell you about how many rocks I've collected in there. <laughs> and maybe so I got that part out. Oil. I got the part out, and I chose not to put it on the bike that day. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't want to lose it. So, and it was working the way I had it, Jimmy rigged. Finished out of the day, but of course I come home and put it on. So, that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Well, after the second session, I was hammering on the brakes like I do. I know where the brake lever is now. That's good. <laughs> so the I'm rear hammering on the brakes. Huh? The rear or the front? 
just the front. Okay. All right. Haven't figured so that it out yet. No, I still haven't touched it. I don't think on this one, but my grip started feeling like it was twisting. Okay. Yeah. On my left hand, like when I break hard, I could feel it twisting. And so, you know, you come down the straight and I'd be sitting there messing with it. Left hand. Mm hmm. Break. Mm hmm. With the clutch in. Oh, under braking. Like when I was braking hard. I just okay. Like all right. All right. All right. Gotcha. Okay. So understood. So it, it was turning like quarter inch, but I thought it was the grips spinning on the tube maybe or mm -hmm. the, the bar. Yeah. It's that stupid thing I told you about the BMW does. I'm not remembering. So I remember Remind I couldn't, me. I couldn't change to the, I couldn't, the grips, I couldn't change the grips out on the old bike when I was trying to throw them together. Something I complained about on here a while ago. Yeah. I remember so that. The grip itself has the tube built into it. Right. On both sides. The one doesn't spin, of course, mm -hmm. but the reason they don't spin is there's a bolt. There's a teeny little bolt that goes all the way through that, all the way through the handlebar. And there's a nut built into the other side of it. That okay. makes sense. Yep. You're not yep. just putting a grip over a bar. You're putting a grip over a tube that's over the bar. Yeah. And then bolt the tube onto the bar. Because the controls are mounted to that tube. So your controls on either side have a tube connected to them. Okay. And that's the same on the old and the new one is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And the new one kind of makes sense with the whiz wheel. The old one, it's just buttons. Yep. So right there next to the whiz wheel. I had to grab the grip and pull it back, and that bolt was sticking out like millimeters. <laughs> it was it was out like what what is smaller than a millimeter? Don't start. <laughs> I'm sorry I started you. So anyway, it was out more than a quarter of an inch. Mm -hmm. But the grip was holding the bolt in. So the bolt actually came out and it's just turning back and forth with this little hmm. anyway, kind of stupid thing, but it's a stupid thing. So I just wanted to point out again, it's a stupid thing. That's like some classic BMW stuff though. They've got know. like such high technology and the, the engineering behind it is amazing until it doesn't work. And then it's like, who ever? And if, if you go back to their design, you'd be like, okay, it makes sense. Right. I, I get why they did this, but then you use it and you're like, no, this is, <laughs> this is terrible. This will not work. They're like, well, but it, you know, <clears throat> all right i'm not gonna sorry i was gonna start talking about hans and all of them but anyway we won't do that Hansi uh, franzi put that thing i think Hansi franzi forgot to tighten it up possibly yeah that's what it kind of sounds like is it i get what you're saying I, i'm trying to picture in my head bolt going through nut and you're saying the bolt came out the other way and it was then just sliding around but it's so insane because like who else does that nobody that i've seen yeah like it's just purely a BMW thing. But I did find You know why? It's because they're not in MotoGP. Oh, they're coming. They got to be. I don't believe it. Garrett Gerloff didn't race this weekend, but shout out to him anyway. He's just He just deserves it that much. So I did find me a Alpha Racing. Alpha Racing makes a quick turn throttle. Okay. All right. It's plug and play. So it on this side, right? On the right side, it gets rid mm -hmm. of the controls. The factory controls gets you the fancy Nintendo buttons. So I thought you could adjust your throttle pull. Yeah, I thought so too, but... No. No. Huh. But you can adjust brake pressure. Mm-hmm. And clutch pressure. 
Well, not exactly. So I can monitor the brakes. Okay. I mean, you can monitor the brakes, but your biggest things are your engine mm-hmm. braking, mm-hmm. engine braking, the wheelie, how much torque it gives the engine coming out of a corner, you know, all those kind of things are you can do. Yeah, your classic brake traction control and all four axes and call it good. Yeah, yes. got it. Anyway, I got to get me a... Do you remember what a motion pro? Axes. Uh, under 200. I want to say buck 60. You know what? Alpha Racing's 834. And to be fair, the motion pro doesn't come with the the buttons. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm trying to be fair. Yeah. And Domino makes some cheaper versions, but they kind of scare me because there are some cheaper ones that don't that don't replace the factory controls, but I've been mm-hmm. burned a couple times on that. So I just want the factory controls to go away. I get what but you're saying. You know, you know, it's actually $1,600 mm-hmm. because you have to have one in the trailer. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to look up motion pro for a 20, 2010 BMW. How about that? Love it. Uh, just cause that's, gonna be more on the expensive side anyway let's see shop by brand show more i'm thinking they don't make one motion pro i thought you had one motion pro rev 3 160 dollars bmw s1000 double r 09 to 14 i said i was looking for a 2010 no man yeah i to get the price right just to double check what we just said I'm sorry. Well, how how much was that when you said? One sixty. Yep. But I bet they don't make one for the new one. I'll go for twenty two. It's fly by wire. So is the old one. Mm-mm. Two mm-hmm. cables. Nope. So fly by wire. Cables go to a wire. Promise. Maybe I could be wrong on that. You are wrong on that. You think I haven't changed it three it goes times? Goes down to now? a throttle body. Yeah. Well, it goes down to the mechanical actuator. It's not a wire. Really. They don't have it. No, Motion Pro doesn't have one. On yeah. sport bike track here. See, so, which brings me to, I do like the fact that Motion Pro makes the one with the different cam gears, right? Mm-hmm. Although I just picked one and have never changed it. So I don't know why it's that cool. If you just knew <laughs> what one you wanted in the first place, you wouldn't need them all. True. Yeah. But the Alpha Racing one doesn't give you an option. It's just 65 degrees. Interesting. Okay. Because it's electronic, it's probably set up to be programmed a certain to way. To say right? that the S1000RR features traction control, fly-by-wire throttle management, variable engine mapping, or linked ABS braking seems woefully inadequate. They have integrated all these systems in a clever rider-focused way. Rain mode, for example, still gives the rider access to 150 horsepower. And? I'm pretty freaking sure it's a ride-by-wire. It's just a weird one. Seems like the only reason for drive-by-wire is to keep the engine's power at bay. Make it With ECU tuning, throttle bodies can be programmed to open. On what year, though? 2010 is definitely not. I don't know. That first article was a 2010. Because I'm confused how you can have... So here's... I always thought they were fly-by-wire because you could put a clutchless downshifter on there with an auto blip and just plugs in. Plug and play. I thought. But that's on the that's on the clutch side. Yeah, no, an auto blip is 100% you have to have a fly-by-wire system to have an auto blip. Or so, you have to have some sort of pneumatic actuator for your throttle. But what I'm saying is, 
Uh-huh. It has a position sensor on the... Well, that's true. To get the engine to rev up, you have to have some sort of either wire control or something else that will turn the throttle body. Which I understand you've you've changed out the throttle, so you're probably correct. But I always understood that they were some sort of weird fly-by-wire cable down to it, but still a fly-by-wire in the end. Or the ECU still had control. But on the 2010, you only have you only have up. I agree, but I'll do I'll do more research into that. Right? You know, note note there. Let me look into it. Because I thought the ECU still had control of the throttle somehow. And that's how you had all that traction control, wheelie control, all your different controls and everything. And you could just put a auto blip on it. But Well, that's definitely true on the new ones. Do your research on the old ones. Okay, I will. Let's move into the subject you wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay. What is the subject? So we started a little bit, but as, as the leaves begin to change... Colors... And fall in the mountains from the trees. There starts to be a bit of a nip in the air. You go from, so, man, should I wear jeans for protection? To, I need jeans because it's cold. Right. So headed to the track, going through the canyon, I hit like 46 degrees. Yeah, well, that's what I woke up to this morning. Feeling, so. feeling awfully, awfully cold. So we wanted to give a happy, dappy, friendly reminder to... What maybe you should do if you live in a colder, colder climate. What things do we not want you to forget? Yeah. I'll go first. I got one. Okay. If you're running water at the track, straight water in your radiator, now's the time to dump it and get something that won't freeze in there. Yeah. Unless Plug you have, it. if you have a... Uh, climate control. Climate, yeah. Climate controlled garage, do whatever you want. But um, it still might be safe to... Do it just so that if the heater don't go off and you're in vacation in Hawaii, you don't come home and your freezers quit working because it's some cheap piece of garbage made in some other country. And then the heater went out. This is getting real personal. The Uh, heater went out and your bike's frozen in the corner with a cracked block because it has water in it. Now's the time to remember if you live in my climate, it's a... Don't forget which ones you just put straight water in. Yeah. There is a there is a line that goes across the United States, literally right about across the middle of it. In fact, maybe even the 60% on the bottom there. And this time of year starts hitting and it starts getting cold and there is water in your block. I will say that if you're storing spare tires and you want to keep them for next year, uh, put them on an inside wall in your garage. Don't leave them on the outside wall. Uh, but then, you know, winter comes and, and you put your bike up and you're you're a good motorcycle owner. So you're like, yep, it's winter time. I'm going to put everything up, put all the batteries on trickle charger, get all the antifreeze running through if I was running water, you know, check tire pressure. You do all the things. Is it over? Is that the end of motorcycling for the year? You know, you hit October, you hit the first 50 degree chill and you're like, hmm. Or for you crazy people that ride in the super cold, you hit the first 40-degree chill, and you're like, no, 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 no. could be ice on the road. Is that the end of it? Is that it? Well, not, for, not for me. So that's where, that's where we're here to tell you guys, I think. I think for those of you, and this goes back to episode two, right? Get off your couch and go to the track. Uh, if you haven't done that yet and you're still listening to this podcast, I'm a little confused. If you're coming into winter and you're like, man, I really wish I could ride this winter you know, motorcycle racing season ends. All there is to do is watch football and, well, that's not that much fun. And then, you know, 
party with the family and and eat turkey and whatever else or you travel a little bit down south where there are still track days alive and well in fact i did a little bit of research prior to this episode i've got for you track days in uh november december that's at chuckwalla and willow valley and streets of willow i've got arizona motorsports park podium club what, what, what do you know the the halloween massacre oh yeah yep uh the 27th through the 29th arizona motorsports park again on the november 19th and again on december 10th december 10th in the middle of winter We've got chuck walla again november 11th and 12th i've got barber november 25th through the 26th homestead miami in january right thunder hill going into october actually this weekend thunder hill if you're in let's say we're anywhere on the west coast you haven't hit thunder hill we've been there love it yeah if you're not doing anything this weekend hop on down at least go watch thunder hill is uh this is pretty nuts definitely worth your time chuck chuck Walla again october 6th november 17th uh, 15th that's with our boys apex assassins big shout out to them They'll be down at the massacre, I believe. And then, I mean, we're going to Carolina Motorsports Park, which does actually stay open pretty much all winter. So I will say that I think most of the tracks that I've seen in December area kind of take a break due to the holiday and due to even people in Vegas think it's cold in December for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like, ooh, it's, it's 65. We <laughs> can't do anything. Ah. Which I'll, I'll admit, after being out, you know, reacclimatized out to the uh, to the southern life here, it hit forty seven this morning. I had the full heat blast in, all my freaking defrosters on, my heated seats on. I was like, Whew. but it it wasn't that bad to be honest. I got out of the truck and it was still forty eight, forty nine. I was like, this really isn't that cold. But so honestly, side note, when it starts to put a chill in the air. Mm-hmm. It feels good to turn a heater on sometimes. Just- oh, it does, especially like the heated seats. I, I love heated seats, you know, and like heated grips on a bike. Like it, it could be 62 and you're like, well, click those on real quick because that just feels so nice. Yeah. And something about, you know, I, I used to laugh. Utah's really bad for it, but you you hit fall and it hits anything below 70 and all the girls get their you know, sweatpants or leggings, their their white girl Ugg boots and the big old coats and the beanies. And then you hit March and it hits forty two degrees and they're out short shorts, bikini tops, whatever whatever it might be, not wearing clothes anymore. And you're like Well let's keep this more moto related. Yeah, there you go. Uh yesterday, not so much today because I was working, yesterday driving to and from the track. Mm-hmm. I always love when all of a sudden like you've had a whole summer of miserable heat. Yeah. You've had all this, but now everybody wants to top off their car. Now all the convertibles <laughs> are driving around and they got their windows up and like mittens on driving yeah. around. Yeah. It's the last good weekend, but you've had a top on that thing all summer. Cause it was too hot. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Convertibles are funny that way. They got to be that perfect weather, which there are some motorcyclers out there that are, the exact same way, I would say. But yeah, anyway, our, our point here was that, one, um, if you don't want to travel down to a track day, that's great. Take the winter to go through your bike, I think. Uh, one, make sure it's winterized. If it needs to be, if it doesn't, that's that's fine. No big deal. But if, yeah, if you're running water especially, that's like the biggest mistake I've, I think I've heard of people making is 
leaving the water in their bikes over the over the winter. Man, if you're not riding over the weekend or over the winter, now's a good time to open up a savings account at the local bank, start pulling money together so that you can afford tires next year. Yeah, I was gonna say, or just at the at the Dunlop guy's tent, you just go put deposits down there. I guess you just start sending the dude payments. <laughs> uh. But, uh, yeah, there's track days available. If not, get some maintenance done. Get the bike ready to go. Get her ready for next season. Or snow bikes. Oh, uh, yeah. God, I might have to do that. There's always snow bikes, you know. That's an option for you uh, wintry people. So, just to reiterate on what you said, obviously, with that list you just put out there, you could keep yourself busy at doing track days, obviously, year-round out here in the West. You mentioned a couple on the East Coast, but... Yeah, mostly um, just Florida. I didn't check Texas because Texas is kind of like its own. Just just for people's information, Texas, for the most part, you got to be part of the club to even get their schedule. So you have to sign up for like a membership for the track day events. And and if I've got Texas listeners and you guys want to correct me on that and let me know some organizations out there that are a little bit more like the rest of the country, please. But most of the ones I've seen... You got to kind of join the uh, the membership club, if you will. But I just wanted to point out if, if racing is more your speed, um, a lot of those you were just mentioning track days, but a lot of those, as an example, the CVMA. Mm-hmm. The reason there was so many track days in Chuckwalla over the winter is because the CVMA season just started last weekend. Yeah, which and- conveniently, CVMA, Chuckwalla Valley Motorcycle Association, I believe. Yep. So. Yes. So so their their season just kicked off so you can go race motorcycle you don't not just track days you can find you can chase the series yeah go race the whole series pick out a couple uh that's what i hope to do this year i hope to go out there for a round or two over the rumor rumor has it if you want to run with the fastest people in america that aren't in moto america Maybe they are. That's the place to be. If you want your shot at, uh, I'm not ready for Moto America yet, but I want to prove that I'm the best in the nation under that, that's the place to go do it. Uh, we got some boys down there that would uh, would put some money on themselves and other people there. Uh, and I think their first weekend kind of proved that, possibly. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and you talk about fast riders or just wanting to go out and see some competition. Mm-hmm. Um for those that watch Moto America, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a thousand more. Thousands kind of a high number, but there's, I'm sure there's a, a bunch more of them out there. But as an example, Corey Alexander, who mm-hmm. was your on the podium for the last two Moto America races this year, he was out there competing in the CVMA. Mallory Dobbs was out there. A lot of a lot of people. That's a it's kind of a mecca. It's kind of a mecca because they're the off season for people. Yeah. To stay sharp. yeah that's, that's what I was going to say. I mean, they're one of the few race groups that goes over the winter. So, you know, Moto America is done and then CVM, CVMA starts up and then CVMA stops for their season and Moto America starts up. So it's perfect for everyone to get some good practice in, do their testing. And so for those of you that aren't trying to run in Moto America, but want to go get good, and have some really good competition like that is a <laughs> that's a great place to find it you know people that are professionally out. racing in the summer so gotta race. figure out how to stay sharp over the long winter months yeah but yeah i mean that's that's honestly all i really had i think uh 
beyond just kind of standard maintenance? You know what's really funny to me? Huh. We 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 still have one subject that we we're gonna broach here. Oh, I don't remember that one. So I was wrong. You were wrong. No, everybody yeah. else was wrong. How yeah, do we yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. How do we go an hour and whatever minutes here and not bring up old golden underwear? You know, I would. I just wasn't going to. We we're just going to well, gloss over. We've talked about MotoGP so much that I was like, you know what? We get back to our roots and just just talk about motorcycling for a little bit. Yeah. And I like that, but that's pretty big news that we got to at least touch on. It is big news, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I would be surprised. Uh, you must not follow. I mean, MotoGP has posted every day since then something related to him. So have you ordered a purple flag? No. What? You going to put a purple flag on the front of your house now? No, man. He has to change his colors? No, he's still red. You think? Balmier's colors are bright yellow. Just like Rossi, it doesn't matter what bike they're on. The yeah, but then stays. he just looks stupid because he's on a bike that's one color and his boots don't match. I swear, they just don't look right. It won't look right, but I mean, that's what they do. Um, also, let's be honest for half a second. Did, Mark, we haven't Mark, even said it for the two Mark, people in the world that don't know. We haven't even said it. Mark Marquez ain't staying at Honda anymore. Boom. You were he officially wrong. came out. You were completely wrong. I was completely wrong, but I've got a new theory. Uh, we'll get into that in half a second. Mark Marquez goes to Grassini. He hasn't come out and said that yet, but let's. it's where pretty much everyone's assuming, right? It's the only open seat, technically. Kind of. Yeah, because they did just finish up KTM officially signed. So, yeah. Besides the, uh, the factory Honda seat. <laughs> um, anyway. Mark Marquez goes over to Grassini and brings all the sponsors with him, and you don't think they might put a little bit more red on the bike? That's fair. Like, I'm just saying the, the dude will bring money, so... So, word on the street is Joanne Zarco is going to take his seat. On the factory? He, well, he signed with LCR, but that's your best option, move Zarco up. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know who else they could put on there unless they just want to run Mirror for a bit. Well, they're going to leave Mirror on there, but... They have to fill two teams. It's part of their contract, so. Yeah, well, they don't have to fill two bikes, right? And that's part of their contract. I'm sure they do. To field two. So, you know bike. how when a racer gets injured, like Bastianini, for example, Piro comes in, who's now injured, all, by the way. But yeah. Piro comes in. You can miss, you can miss like the next week. If a rider gets injured on a Sunday, they'll allow you to miss the next week, but you are required to fill the bike. Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize that was a requirement. I thought the bikes did. I thought the teams just did it for testing purposes. So that's good. Good to know. Um, well, who knows? Maybe Stefan Brattle will just race this season. No. But yeah, the the Juan Mir. I don't even know if they're the, that desperate. Too many Juans. Johan. 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 Is it a J or a Y? It's a J. J O A N. Well, I know it's spelled that way, but also I'm pretty sure there's an H in there. It's French, right? He's who? Zarco. Oh, there is an the H other in one. That one. The I, other I one is on just. Mirror. I was on mirror. Mirror, mirror I thought was just J O N. Oh man, I'm getting messed up now. Holy cow! This is what you know. You didn't prepare me for. I didn't realize I'd have to re-memorize all the names. Yes, Johan Zarco is French. You are correct. Johan yeah. Mir is Spanish. Yeah, Johan is J O H A N N. 
But it sounds like it should be Johan, you know, and then Joan, yeah, Joan Mir. You're right, J O A N. Yeah, you know, shout out to you know, I'll give Australia this, Jack Miller. <laughs> wow, <laughs> is it so hard? <laughs> he could be your neighbor. He could, honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, there's some there's some interesting things coming up. Yeah, we don't know where Mark's going, but he's not staying at Honda, and MotoGP won't stop talking about it. It's kind of been really annoying. Well, not like annoying, but it is interesting because the fight happening right now, which was probably already settled, just like the fact of him moving, mm-hmm. probably been settled for a long time. But who's he taking with him? Because he's uh, got like sponsor wise. Well, that's that's a separate that sponsors will be interesting for sure, but. Crew chief is the people that work directly with him. Yeah. There's some, you know, that I forget the guy's name, the curly head guy with the clipboard that's always in his ear. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Those guys been together since the beginning. You know, he's trying to take him. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, so, Mark is crew. I'll just put in crew chief. Let's see what that comes up with. Santi Hernandez. Oh, reports Wednesday suggested Marquez will not be able to take any of his team, including the highly respected crew chief Santi Hernandez, with him when he leaves. See, so this was yeah. this is what I wanted to get into was Ducati is willing to let Mark come over there, and not because he doesn't deserve to be, or not that it won't be a good thing. I, all that aside, he's just a rider; he mm-hmm. can come over and ride the bike, but they'd have to open up the books. For Honda, basically, they're taking right. a real chance if they let crew chiefs come over and take a look. Yeah, that's what. So that's kind of where my head was at as I was like, is this just a long play for Honda? You know, they're like, oh, we're so mad. Shame on you, Mark. How dare you grab all the secrets while you're over there? Come back in a year, you've got your seat back. And just yeah. he comes right back with it. And I don't know. It, there's a There's a big part of me that wants to believe that Mark just wants to win. And I was I was actually talking with the, you know, the the wife about this the other day, and I was like, you look at Mark Marquez, and there, there have been other people, but he is one of the people that you can say without a doubt will win a championship pretty early on in the season. He'll keep racing. Look at Fabio Quattararo a couple of years ago, and I'm not necessarily saying anything bad, but as soon as he won the championship, he started to fall off in the timesheets. And there are others that have done that. So I I see Mark as a guy that just wants to win races. Now, not that that means he doesn't want a world championship. Obviously, that means a lot. But I think there's a, still a part of him that's just like, dude, I just want to go win races on a motorcycle. So well, I had a couple. I had a couple people send Instagram posts showing me that Mark was still with his girlfriend. So yeah, after my yeah. comments last week. So I will point out that. Sometimes, you know, I see it with like a Josh Heron. People mm-hmm. people always ask where his drive's at, right? And I have my own opinion on that. If he if he's ever listening to this, he can he can correct me if I'm wrong. But he waited till he was a little longer in the tooth before he had a kid. And I know that from personal experience, you want your kid to be old enough to remember who you were. Yeah. And Mark might want to remind his girlfriend who he is. Sure. That's a stretch, but I wanted to bring her <laughs> up again. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I did. Uh, I think it was a story or a post from him that I saw that had had her in it, and I was like, uh huh, uh, yes, because I I went and Instagram stalked him, and I was like, hold up, Does, is she still around? Because it's it's been a minute since she'd been in his posts, but they, you know, haven't deleted each other from their posts yet. And then yeah, he posted a picture with her, so everything's good as far as we can tell on the relationship front. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Coming up this week in Indonesia, we'll see how everything goes. See if we get any more news from Mark and where he's where he's actually going. Even though everyone knows it's probably Ducati. Yeah, winter doesn't mean you can't ride, but if you're not going to ride, take care of your bike. And Absolutely. even if you are going to ride, take care of your bike. Uh, careful on the ice. Ain't a single motorcycle that's going to be able to handle the ice unless you get like studded ice tires and you're in Alaska doing that thing. Otherwise, please be careful on the ice. I've seen some people do some dumb stuff on the ice because they didn't realize it was icy. Rain, snow, dirt, asphalt, water, whatever. Ice is a whole different story. So, and Normally, I would recommend that after the winter, you take it easy when you first get back on your bike because it takes a minute to get back up to speed, all your reflexes going. But I don't have to tell you guys that this time because you're going to hit track days all winter long. There you go. You're going to race with CVMA, actually. You're going to so. race with CVMA. You're going to be sharp. And yeah, I will say, you know, I, in my, uh, in my line of work, I've spent some time away from a motorcycle and from the racetrack. And there was a time where I was, I was away for a while and then I came back and I got on the track and I was like, yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta take it easy. And then I did like one lap and I was like, who am I kidding? You ain't gotta take it easy. It comes right back. It's like riding a bike. Weird. Yeah. It's insane. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, well, if you didn't have anything else, I think on, no, on that on note. On that magical gonna, note, let's end it. Call it good. Thanks again for being here and listening. Uh, make sure you tune in next week and go listen to our past 27 episodes. This is episode 28. Uh, we'll be here pretty much every Wednesday. I think we're coming up on holidays, so we haven't uh, we haven't discussed that yet. We'll let you guys know what our holiday plan is, but uh, I think you can expect us more than maybe the uh, the average podcast, if you will. So absolutely plus watch out for the footage coming from carolina the footage yep. coming from arizona there's gonna be yep. good stuff coming out of there yep some good motorcycle reviews track reviews we're gonna try a track review video segment on the channel so keep an eye out for that let us know what you guys think uh it's a new thing we're looking for so thanks again once again click that uh comment drop one down let us know where you're from pirelli dunlop michelin the other brands metzler whatever whatever else you want in there those are the big three i'd say uh, where you're from, where you're listening from, and then go ahead and click subscribe if you're on YouTube, download if you're anywhere else, and uh, hit that like button for us, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Thanks for listening.